turn in your hymnals to hymn number 42. Will you stand with me as we sing All Hail the Power? Hymn number 42. months ago that we were here in Galatians 4 and I preached from this passage and it was March of 2020. That was a little while ago, wasn't it? It's been a bit. So it'll do us good today. Galatians 4, we'll begin in verse 21. Galatians 4, 21. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar, Hagar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which is now, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman 
shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now, we're given a charge after that. That's not the end of the paragraph. Chapter 5, verse 1. Here's the last one of the paragraph, last phrase of the paragraph. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for preserving your word and sending it to us, Lord. Allow us to learn these things, apply them to our hearts. Allow us to see the liberty we have in the blood of your darling son. Lord, and keep us from going back to bondage. Keep us from turning from your finished work to Sodom and Gomorrah. We're so weak, Lord. We have no strength of our own. Be our strength as you promised you will be. Keep us, Lord. Forgive us for what we are. Be with us in spirit today as you see. Have your presence among us and teach us. Comfort us. Comfort the hearts of your people. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. Ask me not. Hymn number 235. Oh, 
still have Galatians 4. We can leave a marker there. I'll probably go back and forth a little bit. But, uh, Genesis 21. Genesis 21. The title of my message is The Cause of Mocking. Meet a lot more people that mock the gospel and mock the Lord than worship Him. Lots. It's disproportionately so. We'll see the cause of mocking. Genesis 21. I'd like for you to read along with me in your Bibles. Genesis 21, verse 8. And the children grew, the child grew, and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. God said to Abraham, Let, the, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, first thing, and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. The Lord had promised to visit Sarah, and he had promised to put a child in her, and he did. That's what we looked at last week, wasn't it? He did. And this made Sarah rejoice. He visited her. He put life in her. He gave her a child, preserved, grew that child in her. He was born. And it says in verse 6, Genesis 21, 6, And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. He's made me to rejoice. Made me to rejoice, laugh, be happy, have joy in what His hand has done, what His will and His purpose has done. I'm happy about that. Oh, I just, I can't, I'm grinning near to ear. I can't be any happier. But that was a whole lot different than the way she laughed before. Look back here in Genesis 18. Just a couple pages you left. Genesis 18. Look here in verse 12. Lord had spoke what he was going to do in Genesis 18, 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Verse 13. And the Lord said unto Abraham, didn't say anything to Sarah, did he? He spoke to Abraham. Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Why did she laugh at that? I said I was going to visit her. I said, I was going to put life in here. And she laughed at me. She mocked me. She persecuted me. He asked in verse 14, Abraham, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. He said, in one year, I'm going to come right back. I'm going to put life in her. She's going to have a son. Then Sarah denied. He hadn't spoke to her yet, has he? But boy, she's denying She's denying, saying, I laugh not. <laughs> I didn't laugh. But we get real defensive when we're wrong, don't we? Well, now, hold, now let, me, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. Hold on now. I didn't. Just bow. Stop fighting and surrender. <laughs> she didn't, did she? The Lord hadn't put life in her yet. That's why. You get that? The Lord hadn't put life in her. Then Sarah denied, verse 15, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. She was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. No, you mocked. You laughed. Th Sarah thought the promise of the Lord, the one that he made, was too hard for him to accomplish. That's why he answered and says, Anything too hard for the Lord? He knew her heart. The Lord looks on the heart. That ought to shake mankind to their core. 
You can fool me. You can fool anybody else. You can say, oh, I was laughing out of fun and not laughing out of, well, God looks on the heart. Sarah thought the promise the Lord made was too hard for him to accomplish, and she mocked him. She laughed at him. She laughed at the silliness of this precious promise. That's not uncommon. That's what's happening all around us. And that's what we were before God was pleased to save us through the preaching of his gospel. She laughed at the idea that life was going to be put in her by God. That is foolish. She already was alive. Now she's going to have a child. <laughs> he said, you're buried and you're dead. I'm going to make you live. That's impossible with her, isn't it? She laughed. She persecuted. It means make sport of. She mocked at God. He was going to give her spiritual life. That's what this is a sign of individually in Sarah. He's going to save this woman. How could that be? She's been the wife of a prophet for 70 years. God's the only prophet on earth. I've been, every time he gets a promise from God, I'm the first one he tells. He comes home. I make him a sandwich. He tells me all about it. How's God going to give me spiritual life? I've been saved for 450 years. <laughs> I've been saved my whole life. Yeah, laugh at God. Mock him. Watch what happens. She'd been a wife of this man. She lived with this man. She's the first one to hear all the stories, and she laughed at the promise of God. You know why? That just seems like a chuckle, don't it? Eh, that's just silly. She's at war with God. You think that's funny? She's at war with God. That's what she's doing. Then life came. She thought she was just God's choice woman walking this earth. She could do no wrong. She knew there was right, right and Wrong and good and evil, and she knew what was best, didn't she? Thankfully, God saved her. God put life in her, and there was joy, not mockery. And now that religion of the past, all that stuff she was playing, all that stuff she was doing that just sounded good because mommy and daddy said it, now that we can't have that no more. Oh, no, what have we done? She rejects it. Look back in her text. They're in Genesis 21, verse 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. You know, Sarah didn't say Ishmael, did she? You think she forgot his name? She hadn't forgot his name, did she? No, she said the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Son of Hagar. She took the issue with Hagar, not with that child. Our Lord did that in those synagogues, didn't he? He had strong words for those Pharisees but not ever so there he had strong words for those leaders he took issue with those preaching a false gospel and saying stuff they ought not say he didn't take it out on them little kids did he? on those people there I take issues with those that preach lies but oh my heart burns for those that hear it those that are trapped underneath it and don't know any better God hadn't revealed himself to because it ain't going to profit them you ain't going to be saved under a false gospel he won't save his people that way. He said so. He said so. Sarah now, that she finally had life in her, she took issue with Hagar primarily. That's who she went against. Now, she chose Hagar, didn't she? This whole scheme was her idea, wasn't it? She's turning from her idols. Now she's taking issue. Sarah probably loved Ishmael. There's not a doubt in my mind. Abraham and Hagar, that was her idea. So she could have a son. Do you know that? She wanted Ishmael. She wanted it to be her son. Look back at Genesis 16. Look here in Genesis 16 with me. Verse 2. Genesis 16, 2. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from burying. I've heard these stories you talk about. Oh, so he's going to put life in me. That's hilarious. I'll take care of it. It ain't going to happen without me. <laughs> you got plans. It ain't going to happen that way. I know what's best. Lord, restrain me from bearing. I pray thee. Go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain. Is that what it says? It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. She said, I, that I may obtain. Not that the Lord may obtain this one he promised. Not that, well, Abraham, you're the head of this family, that you may obtain a son. Carry on your name. Carry on your looks. Carry on your, your bloodline. 
She said that I may obtain, that she may obtain. She wanted this child, didn't she? And I imagine, even though she hated Hagar, she hated Hagar so bad whenever she was pregnant, she took off running, didn't she? And the Lord met her in the wilderness. He had lowered her in the wilderness, brought her by a well, spoke to her. That old woman was picking on a young woman because she couldn't keep from it. Sin was in her, wasn't it? But Ishmael came, and I don't think she had any problems with Ishmael. You ever been mad at a baby? <laughs> People nowadays are. But you might be being against mommy and daddy, but you've got a newborn baby. Just look at that thing. They look like little aliens. They're ugly. Most babies are ugly as I'll get out, ain't they? And we say, it's so precious and cute. You say, it's pretty. Of course she liked Ishmael. Them two probably got along. She didn't like how it came about, but she liked the results. There's a man child in the house. A little toddler running around. That brings joy, don't it? Doesn't that make you happy? Old brother John up but his two great grandbabies were playing together. They met yesterday. That's, he sent me a picture. I said, boy, that's just sweet, isn't it? That's good, isn't it? She was happy to have a strong boy around. She didn't have to carry as much. He had to help her. Ishmael and Sarah likely mocked together. Where do you think he learned that from? I mean, it's a sin nature he's born with. You'd be amazed what little people watch you. You'd be amazed what children can pick up from mommy and daddy. Watch our words. And strangers, too, right? She didn't cast him out before life was put in her, did she? Been her his whole life. She didn't have a word to say about it. And I thought of that, you know, that's like those two malefactors on the cross. One on each side of our Lord hanging there. And they, both of them, they cast their teeth at him. Both of them is cursing him. Together, they're mocking, at war with him, laughing. <laughs> Little giggle. They're at war with God. And then something happened, didn't it? Life went into one of those malefactors. And he turned and said, why are you laughing at him? You know who this is? I mean, you're here on purpose. We're sinners. We deserve this. He's done nothing to me. This man's holy. Don't you dare talk to him like that. What's wrong? You see the change? That happened while they was all nailed up. <laughs> they was on the cross. Same change happened here. Her and Ishmael mocked God. They laughed at God, thinking they were God's children the whole time. Thinking they were serving God. They thought they, thought they was doing God's work. And they laughed together. They chatted together until life was born inside of one of them. Sarah went with the flow until life was formed. Then she turned from her idols. She turned from that false religion. She turned from mocking God that saved sinners. And she turned from the means that she used to think was a foolish way of saving sinners to that's the way God saves sinners. He's going to save by the preaching of the gospel. She was persecuting God and His people from that to honoring the Lord. I said the way. I've met people before they think they're apostles. Modern day, I'm telling you. They said, well, no man pre preached to me. I just I was reading the scriptures, and it just came to me. And then they write open letters. Everyone can read. I said, oh, really? Like an epistle? That's not how it happens. You're going to quit mocking God's way of how he saves sinners if God saves you. You'll say, that's how it happens. Amen. Don't happen no other way. Ain't going to. Surely now. Here it is. This little fellow is probably about three years old. That's when they weaned. That's plenty enough time to start drinking milk. Get away from mama. This little fellow's wean, they threw a party. And here's his teenage brother. He's just picking on him. Ain't that what kids do? Don't older brothers pick on younger brothers? That's all it was, wasn't it? I was born and both of my brothers was about, give or take, Ishmael's age. That's mid-teenagers. That's 14, 16 when I come on the scene. And my first few years was pretty rough. <laughs> this happened to my family. I was mocked. I was picked on. And boy, I'd fight back. And I'd give them all they, I had. I'd just hit them as hard as I could hit them. And it was like I was, it was a punch of bag. Nothing. didn't affect them at all. It probably messed with me. <laughs> probably why I fight so hard now. It didn't do anything. They didn't even seem to notice. That was not how Ishmael mocked. This was not how Sarah mocked, how she laughed before. Turn over Galatians 4. We just read this in the scripture reading. We're going to look at it again. Galatians 4. Some may say, well, he was just a, an unruly teenager picking on his little brother. No, he was, Abraham commanded his house. He knew God. So there's a hate in his heart that came from Adam is what it was. It wasn't just mocking. Galatians 4, verse 27. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate 
hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Does that say mocked? Does that say, well, he giggled. He went, hmm, 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 hmm. He just, a little grin, a little smirk, snicker or something like that. It said he persecuted him. Paul says he persecuted him. And nothing's changed in our day. He said, even so, it is now. The gospel of free and sovereign grace in Christ is mocked at, laughed at, and persecuted. And so are the Lord's children. We looked the other day at that blind beggar. What was the first thing that happened to him? Opposition came. Opposition came. Started small, didn't it? Well, now hold on. Now they started going, where are you going to church at, did you say? I'm glad you're going to church. You quit drinking, quit smoking, and quit running with women or whatever. You know, people get a little happy. But then you start, they start hearing who's preached there, not that you're going to church. Well, why are you doing that? Confusion comes in, right? A little bit of opposition. Then a little bit more opposition. Then a little bit more opposition. They started out crying, Hosanna's come. Look at him. Two days later, they hung him on a cross. Opposition started coming, and it hasn't changed throughout time. It's always been this way. There is enmity. There's enmity between the serpent and the Lord's people. There's enmity between him and our Lord, isn't it? That's what we read in Genesis 3. The Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou shalt be cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shall eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. What do you tell them Pharisees? You're of your father the devil. No, it's one or the other, ain't it? It's one or the other. It can't be both. He said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. <laughs> Does that mean Christ is going to crush Satan? Yeah, that's all his work, but there's still enmity between the child of God and the, the Satan of this world, the darkness of this world. Why? Why? What is a person, what's the reason that religious folks either snicker or want war with God's gospel? And that both go in the same. If they take up arms and they get in a tank to come blow his place up, or they go, eh, and shrug a shoulder, it's the same, God says so. He said he mocked, snickered, laughed, persecuted. It falls in the same basket, don't it? Satan heard of this covenant of grace, this particular redemption, this election of God to an undeserving people. He said, you mean that you're going to send yourself to be a propitiation? You're going to go... You're going to carry these people, these undeserving people? You're going to do that? I'm not putting up with that. <laughs> I'll be God. You're making bad decisions. Pride come before a fall, doesn't it? That's what happened. What's people mad about nowadays? Same thing Ishmael was. You, I'm standing right here. I'm going to get me a son. Hey, <laughs> I'm your son. I look just like you. No, no, this one's the one that God made. You were by conventional means. This is, this is miraculous. This is a gift from God. No. Well, that ain't fair. What do you mean I'm not going to be the heir? Some Bible st scholars, they may stumble upon particular redemption, don't they? They may, they may stumble on those things in Romans 9. For the children not yet being born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. And that doctrine of election doesn't bother men and women. It's not the doctrine that bothers people. Doctrine's fine. The Jews are God's elect people physically, is what the picture is, right? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that don't bother them. What bothers them is pride. As in people saying back in the 80s, Why not me? Why him? Not me? That's not fair. I'm good. I'm not that bad of a person. Why not me? You imagine Ishmael at that weaning party. He was strong. He knew how to do a lot of things. He knew how to do everything. He's helped his daddy. He can pitch tents, cut firewood, whatever was needed. And then this toddler comes along that can't do anything at all in themselves. And there's a big to-do. There's a feast for this one. A big party. Why? What about me? What about me? 
They want to air. I'm standing right here. No, Ishmael, you grew up here. You're Abraham's offspring, but you cannot be the heir. You're by his hand, not the promise of God. Anger comes out. Ha! They'll take up rocks to bash your head again. What do you mean? You telling me I ain't good enough? I'm telling you nobody's good enough. God can save sinners. That's what I'm telling you. I won't have this man reign over me. Pigeonhole and watch what happens. They'll knock your head off. If the Lord works in the heart, we only want to do his will to serve him. We see we did not merit being an heir. You remember Eleazar? That's what uh, Abraham spoke to the Lord. He said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. Lord, if you don't give me a child, Eleazar is going to everything. You think he heard that? <laughs> you think Eleazar heard that? You mean I'm getting everything? And then what happened? Ishmael come. Well, that kind of knocked him down a list. He ain't going to be king now, huh? Then Isaac come, the one he promised. Well, Abraham told him, here's what God told me, Eleazar. Come here, listen. It was mentioned you might get something before. Then Ishmael came, you ain't probably ain't going to get much. Now Isaac, the promised one, came, you ain't getting nothing, Eleazar. Did he get mad and take his toys and go home? No, he was the one that Abraham sent to find Isaac a wife. Come here, Eleazar. You're here in my house, you ain't getting a nickel. Now go find him a wife. You got it, Abraham. What's the difference in them two? One knows God and the other one don't. Now who maketh thee to differ? How could this be possible? You still in Galatians 4? Verse 30. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren... We are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free, of the free. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You walk away from it, don't you go back. That ain't the air. Don't touch it. Mark it. Leave it alone. Don't look at it. Don't read it. Don't touch it. Don't think about touching it. <laughs> Leave it be. It's done. How can this be? How can we have such freedom? How can we have such liberty? How can we be children, the children of promise? Do you know what we are? I know what I am. Has God revealed to you what you are? I hope he does. It'll hurt, but I hope he does. That's good. How can this be? How can, how can this happen? How can we be children of promise? That's an age-old question, isn't it? From Job on, it's been asked from the oldest book in these scriptures. How can a man be just before a holy God? Job said it, Bill Dad asked it, and it would be wonderful if millions of people right now in our generation would ask it too. How can a man be justified with God, or how can he be clean that's born of a woman? How can this be? There must be a lamb. Isaac's going to ask this here in a, here in a chapter. <laughs> Daddy, where's the lamb? He was trained up from a young age. Where's the lamb, Daddy? Look over in Romans 3. Romans 3. Here's where man has a problem. Romans 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. By ourselves, in our own works, by the works of man's hands, by your choice, your doing, your thinking, your whatever, you've sinned and you've come short of the glory. You can't be an heir. Well, what hope do we have? Verse 24, being justified freely by his grace <laughs> through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where's boasting then? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. 
By the law of Christ, by the law of liberty. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Where's the lamb is the question. How can God be just and justified? We have to have propitiation. We have to have a mercy seat, a blood-covered mercy seat, an acceptable sacrifice. Until then, until we see that we're dead and we can't do anything, God must do it all, and he must do it in his son and his blood applied to us. Until we see Christ crucified, until life is given, persecution on all points is all we are. We will laugh, we'll mock until the Lord's pleased to give us a new heart that cries out to him. You're not an heir. You're right, Lord. <laughs> You're a dog. Give me some crumbs from your table. Amen. It's different, isn't it? So what do you tell Paul? It's hard to kick against the pricks, isn't it? You keep fighting. In that instance, he taught Paul in the heart that he looks upon. All right, back in our text, Genesis 21. What's going to happen in a, in a sinner after life is given? Once the Lord puts life in somebody, that mocking, laughing that was just so natural before, you didn't even know you was doing it. All of a sudden, it's disgusting now. It's disgusting now. There's a man, I better talk about him while I can, Lord might save him. Uh, he's been listening to me quite a bit, and uh, he got me a suit jacket. I don't know why. And he said, uh, I need my preacher to tell me about Jesus, not dressed like him. And I, I understood what he was saying. I under, like, just like that blind man. I didn't want to take him out back and take a belt to him and whip him. He said, don't you say that. <laughs> it ain't right. And, and, and y'all not joke about these things. But he doesn't know any better. But it's the heart that's in there. You see what I'm saying? Now down the road, as the Lord learned, teaches him more, if he's pleased to, he'll say, I can't believe I said those things. I can't believe I thought that way. That was so wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. What I did was wrong. Oh, I, didn't, I was laughing. I didn't know. I was at war with God. I just thought I was a Christian like everybody else underneath the sun until God showed me I was in Christ. <laughs> so he showed me what that was. I was a saint. You know, saints mentioned more than any other reference to his people in the scriptures. Why? Because we're sanctified. We're set apart. He is made holy. <laughs> I didn't know those things. That's what happens. If God puts life in a, in a sinner, they can't suffer around being around what they once were around no more. They cannot go back to a goat can. A goat can eat grass, it can eat briars, it don't make a difference to that goat. A sheep can't. Sheep can't do it. Look here in Genesis 21, verse 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which had born unto Abraham, mocking. Well, she, that's what she was just doing. <laughs> a couple chapters back. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman, this, this product of works, shall not be heir with my son, with Isaac, the one that God's promised. Works, and, and the covenant of works and the covenant of grace cannot mix. It cannot mix. Peter tells us that Sarah called Abraham Lord. And just as she petitioned Abraham, Get this bondwoman out of here. Get that son out of here. She loved him. You know she lived. She's been there 16, 17 years. We ask the Lord. We ask the Lord Jesus Christ, our King, to remove all them works that we have. Lord, take these grave clothes from me. Make me stop talking like somebody don't know you. And stop putting on shows and airs and titles and religion and everything else. Lord, make that stop. Lord, I, I did all these works. I thought I did all these great things for you. Make me forget that. Put that away. Yeah, I know you've forgiven it as far as east is from the west. Forget it. Oh, such shame. Get it out of here. Remove the enemies of the gospel. Just like I was till you saved me. Why? Why? Now we see the works of our hands cannot make an heir. For the first time. For the first time ever. We see it's not a true heir. God must do the work. God must make a spiritual seed children of Abraham. Not us. And those dead works, you've got to renounce them, turn from them, walk away from them. If you're his, you'll be made to do it. Now, this isn't just an eject button from being under the law. The works must be cast out. They can't produce an heir. They can't produce life. Some of the people say, we're free from the law. You ever met 
I met a lady that talked about her husband. I asked, I wrote that article last week, and I deleted the first half of it. I met a lady one time, and I said, what's your husband like? And she said, oh, I got a nice car and a nice house, and I don't have to work. And I know, but what's your husband like? Well, no, he got, a, he got me a servant to take care of me, and I don't have any rules. I can do anything I want. and it's just I have such benefits. Yeah, but what's he like? <laughs> and she said, I don't know. We don't spend much time together. That's a shame. It's a shame. The, the, the Lord's true people, his sheep, they're not gold diggers. They're not here for the benefits. Well, we're, yay. Somebody took care of us. Absolutely not. That's a benefit. We're thankful for the Lord saving us from our sins. We're thankful, truly, for the Lord keeping us from, from eternal death and damnation. We earn. Trust me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But I want the one who did that. It's not the features and the benefits. It's the same sales ad. I want the person who did it. That comes with it. <laughs> Well, what if heaven ain't streets of gold and, and I don't have a big mansion? What if I'm living in a tent on a hillside and it's cold? Is Lord there? I don't care. <laughs> He'll warm me up. He'll be, it'll be just what I need. I want to be with Him. Whenever we, the Lord works in us, He produces life in us, and we stop going to church where lies are preached. We stop hanging out with those that believe a God that we don't believe in. They don't believe a true and living God. When we stop associating with and calling brother and sister those that are the child of the bondwoman, not the child of the promise, it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful. We've got friends in this world, and we're going to miss them. And there's going to be some social activities and positions and authority that we're just going to have to walk away from. And there's going to be some entertainment. Somebody asked me one time, well, what do you have for the children? What do you have for, don't you have plays? What about when Christmas comes? Don't you have a child's play? I said, no, we just have Christ. You'd be amazed what little children are. What about Samuel? Samuel heard the Lord, heard his voice, didn't he? God spoke to a child. That's what we have for him. You have to walk away from all those things, people you like, people you love. Verse 9, Sarah said unto the son of, saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir of my son, even Isaac. And the thing was very, the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. Ishmael was like the good boy. He was raised right by a faithful father that knew the Lord. He was strong, hardworking, diligent. He looked like his daddy. And to cast him out was very grievous. To Abraham. This boy hadn't done anything wrong to him. This was all the adult's fault, wasn't it? And God said, put him out. Pack him up. Send him out in the wilderness. Get rid of him. Because this is a picture of works that can't stand. Salvations of the Lord. How could Abraham be consoled? If you had to take, take one of your boys, you had two, two children, and you take one of them, it's been around you for a long time. Give them a bottle of water and a loaf of bread. Send them packing. How, what could be in that heart? That's very grievous. Very grievous. Christ had to be preached to Abraham. Look at this, verse 12. This is precious. This is an old, old story, isn't it? And God said unto Abraham, let, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. You remember why this is all happening, Abraham? Let's go back to the first. Remember why? We do this. Remember that? Why are we here today? Why are we here? Christ and Him crucified. I'm going to make a great nation to you, Abraham. Why? Christ is going to come through you. The one that's going to save you is going to come through your lineage. And He said, the seed, not as of many, but as of ones, will come through Isaac. He had to be reminded one more time. Christ is coming through Isaac. Put away the works of your hands. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It says in verse 13, physically, he said, also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he's thy seed. I'll take care of him. You don't have to. I will. <laughs> you can't. I will. We saw before Hagar being a lord of that wilderness. We'll look at this again. But the Lord provided her a well and spoke to her. But for now, verse 14, Abraham rose up early in the morning. He did the first thing. He obeyed the Lord early. And he took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And Lord, if the Lord separates, 
somebody, friends of this earth, loved ones, whatever it is, over the gospel. I pray we'll see the seed of Abraham. I pray we'll see the Lord and that we'll put a water, ball of water and bread. I pray we take the gospel, Christ the living water, Christ our bread, our daily bread, and put it on the shoulders of those who mock and, and who persecute us and who ridicule us and who laugh at us. And just say, look to Christ. That's all I can give you, now go on your way. And mark them and leave them alone as the Lord commanded, as he's commanded us to do. All right. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, bless the hearts of your people. Give them comfort that this work of salvation, this covenant you've made and ordered in all things are shores of your hand, secured by your hand. Lord, let us turn from our idols, from ourselves, our pride, our thoughts, and turn to the one that redeemed us. Allow us to see his seed, his perfection, his finished work, his accomplishment. Allow us to sing his praises. Thank you for this hour, Lord. Be with those that you've sent heavy trials that are very grievous. Show them Christ one more time, Lord. Thank you for this day. Forgive us for what we are. Forgive us our sin. Be merciful to me, a sinner, Lord. In Christ's name that we ask. Amen. Please turn in your hymnals to hymn number 126. We stand with you. We've seen Rock of Ages, number 126. Strong, gives them 
hide like an alligator and puts that gospel in them and makes them go out and preach. I pray so. Anyway, we'll be with you. Thank you. A week from today, we'll have a have a meal. So bring what you like. So you're dismissed. Thank you. Thank you.